0: They have clarity that our government, led by the Spirit, they will know exactly what decisions to make for... the cabinet of the state. We declare that they have informed decision. They make the right choices. And they will do the right in leading the state within this season. And in the name of Jesus we pray oh God that this land, the enemy has no access and no foothold. And we declare that all over the world Corona will not continue to destroy lives. We take authority over the root. We take authority over the conspiracy. We take authority over the hold of the enemy. We decree that the root of Corona with us. The Bible says, if you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast to the sea. We speak to the root of Corona. You are rooted. We cause you to wither in the name of Jesus. And we decree, oh God, that it has no foothold any longer. We pray for a breakthrough scientifically to cure it and resolve it. And in the name of Jesus, we expose those behind it. Father, we continue to pray that your people are saved. That in the name of Jesus, those that are already infected, we command the healing power of God to visit them wherever they are. We command the healing power of God the balm in Gilead to visit them wherever they are. We command comfort, we command the love of God. katanaka. We break the siege of fear. We break the siege of fear. We break the siege of fear over nations. We break the siege of fear over nations. We speak healing to 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 nations. We healing to nations. And we decree that in the name of Jesus the people of God will shine in this hour, bringing the message of hope and life, bringing the message of healing and comfort. Rakota kila da baba bari katene kelina magagaya ne garro kotoskopila da bandegele nemoska tale debara katusketila na mama. Together we prevail. Together we stand and we decree that we will see the end of Corona and the kingdom of God continues to advance. Our souls continue to get saved. And we decree that this situation shall turn for the salvation of the gospel, the advancement of God's kingdom. We speak victory. We speak victory. And in the name of Jesus, we rejoice and we give you praise. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. We have what we said, and we say victory in Jesus' precious name. And as we study your word this morning, revealed knowledge is granted everybody under the sound of my voice. The eyes of your understanding flooded with light. You are equipped, you are built up, you are edified. And I decree that at the end of the service, Jesus is glorified. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. In Jesus' name, and every believer says a powerful amen. Amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service, but we have Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, all our campuses that are able to meet today around the world. We're glad to have everybody connected. You get ready, we're going to teach you the word and we're going to bring clarity to the word of His grace. And we're glad to have everybody connected now. For our international audience, I'm sure you're wondering why we're able to have church. Our state government has given us till today to be able to meet together and fellowship. But specifically today, we are fasting and praying for the state and praying for nations as a state in different churches. However, we've been given restrictions as to, you know, how we're going to sit the space, social distance created between us. You know, all the medical, all the medical things to do and all the things to observe. And we have been able to do all of that in this service. That's why we're able to meet and this to help some of you know that we're not just being rebellious. You know, we're working according to the guidelines of our government, in our society. So we're glad to have all of you come to the service. We welcome all of you. We love you. Get ready for the word of his grace. Is there anybody in the building excited this morning? Are we ready to have this time? Let's celebrate the word together, everybody. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Glory. Somebody shout amen. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self this morning. Let's get in the word. In the first service this morning, I began to look at a very critical but very important subject of scripture and I laid a foundation and I'm not going back through the foundation so please, I beg all of you buy the material after this service go and listen to it, especially now there's a lockdown. Everybody's at home. Everybody's going to have enough time to listen to the word. You can get the CDs or you can go to my Facebook page and watch the message of the first service today or YouTube, on YouTube my, on my YouTube channel. But It's important because today I am looking at discerning the Lord's body. Discerning the Lord's body. Every time I go to preach everywhere, even on television and on social media, people always keep asking me, Please, Dr. Damina, what is your take on Holy Communion? What is your take on Holy Communion? And it's not about my take. It's about what does the Bible teach? So that's what we're doing. We're doctrinally looking at discerning the Lord's body. Whenever a scripture is misapplied, a major truth in Christianity is eroded. That is, whenever a scripture is misinterpreted, a truth is lost. Whenever a scripture is misinterpreted, a truth is lost. And you can never get the truth out of a lie. You can never get the truth out of a lie. A lie doesn't mean a person is dishonest. It just means the person didn't get The truth. So the moment a scripture is misunderstood or misinterpreted, a major truth is lost. That is what what we do in theology or what we do in Bible study is what we call diharmonia. We interpret the scriptures by the scriptures. We do not read our opinion into the scriptures. No, we allow the scriptures to tell us what the scriptures are saying. Or we travel into the mind of the scriptures to be able to understand what the scriptures was communicating. And the reason is this. The Bible will never mean today what it never meant when it was first written. The Bible will never mean today what it never meant when it was first written. So truth is consistent. What was written many years ago is still what it is today. And it is Still, what it will be in eons of years to come. The Bible can never mean today what it never meant when it was first written. So that is why what we do in Bible teaching is what we call exegesis. Exegesis is letting the Bible speak to you from outside. The scriptures speaking to you from outside. The other one which is what many people do is what we call insidiousness. In CGS, it's me reading my opinion and using the scriptures to back it up. Reading my opinion and using scattered verses of the scripture out of context to back my position. That's not sound. That's not sound. That's heretic because that's opinionated. But in Bible study, we let the scriptures interpret itself. It's called diharmonia or interpretation. That is what Jesus did in Luke chapter 24, verse 25. He looked at those guys and he called them fools and slow of a heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Next verse. But not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. Then what did he do? Look at it. And beginning at Moses, at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded. The word expounded is the Greek word diharmonia. And that word diharmonia means he interpreted. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures. So he allowed the scriptures interpret the scriptures. It's called exegesis. He allowed the scriptures interpret the scriptures. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So it's important that we stay within the confines Of the scriptures to have sound Bible teaching. To have sound Bible teaching. In the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. To provoke unto love and to good works. Actually in the original it is to provoke unto love. That is good works. To provoke unto love, it's not two things, it's one of the same. To provoke unto love, that is good works. Give me the next verse. Unto love, that is good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Notice what he calls the good works. The good works is love. Not love for God. Not love for God. The love there is expressed by not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. The love is expressed in not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That word together is episonagoge. A Greek word. E-P-I-S-U-N-A-G-O-G-A. Episunagoge E-P-I-S-U N-A-G-O-G-E This means to gather or gather together the assemblage or the assembling It has different applications Another application is Episunago E-P-I-S-U-N-A-G-O Episunago used by brother Paul in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 1 Put it up for me Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him. By our gathering together, unto him. Used eight times. That word is used eight times in the four gospels. You will see that word in Matthew 23, 37. Matthew 23, 37, and Matthew 24, 31. You can read at home. Matthew 24, 31. It always refers to an actual collection of things. An actual collection of things. Not forsaking the coming together of one another. The coming together of one another. Not forsaking the coming together of one another. As the manner of some is. That means some people will have that attitude. An attitude of not wanting to fellowship with brethren. They don't want to come together. They like to live in isolation. And the Bible says God takes the solitary and brings them into family. We are God's family. There is no family that does not have a physical gathering. There is no family that does not have a physical gathering. So when you get born again... You are saved, but after you are saved, you are saved into a family. You are saved into a gathering. You are saved into an assemblage of the church. You are not born again and left in isolation. You are born into the church. You are born into the family of God. Now, please pay attention. Hebrews chapter 10, where we are, verse 22. Hebrews chapter 10, let's see the pretext. Verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. And our bodies washed with pure water. That's when we got born again. This is what happened when we got born again. Our hearts were sprinkled from an evil conscience. And our bodies were washed with pure water. The next thing that happens after that next verse. 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Alright. Then the next thing he now says is. And let us consider one another. To provoke unto love. That is to good works. How do we do that? Next verse. Not forsaking. So the moment you are born again. The next thing is. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is. The moment a man receives Christ, what what more important for him is fellowship. He has to identify with brethren for fellowship. As the manner of some is, that gathering is a vital part of the faith. Our gathering physically is a vital part of the faith. Vital. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22. But you are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Look at the next verse. 23. To the general assembly. You are come to the general assembly. You are born again into the general assembly, and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Look at the next verse 24. And to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Ebel. The word church there is the word ecclesia. General assembly. Ecclesia. The word general assembly is a Greek word panegios. Panegeos. P-A-N-E G-U-I-A-S. A N E G U I A S Panegeos General Assembly, a festival or a place where you always celebrate because of salvation. You have come to a festival or a place where you always celebrate because of salvation. He calls coming to Christ as coming to a people. You are come to a general assembly, you are come to a festival. Being born again is being born to a people. You come to the people in Christ. You come to the people in Christ. Of Abraham, the Bible says, he looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. The word city is a Greek word police. P-O-L-I-S. Police means a people. So Abraham looked for a people. He looked for a people that are born again. He looked for God's family. He looked for the born again man. He was looking for the regenerated family. He looked for a city. The moment you come into Christ in salvation, you have come to a people. The moment you come into Christ in salvation, you have come to a people. There is a collective responsibility that you have in Christianity. There is a collective responsibility that you have in Christianity. We have come to God, yes. We have come to Christ, yes. But we have also come to a people. We have come to a community of faith. We have come to a people. We have come to a community of faith. In Hebrews 13, this community of faith is demonstrated in our gathering. This community of faith is demonstrated in our gathering. So your attending the gathering of believers is a proof of your salvation. Attending the gathering of believers is a proof of your salvation. Very important. The proof of your salvation is your ability to commune with other believers. Your ability to commune with other believers. And somebody will say, but all the nations are locking down and we're not allowed to hold church services. Yes, this building is not the church. The church is where two or three are gathered in my name. In Matthew chapter 18 verse 20, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name. I am there in their midst. The church is not locked down. Actually, this is the finest hour for the church. Because the darker the night, the brighter the light. You are the light of the world. You are a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. The importance of light is in the night. When everybody is running from pillar to post in confusion, the church has direction and clarity. Why? We are the light. He that walketh in the light has no occasion of stumbling. So house of Jacob, come and let us walk in the light. How do we get the light? The entrance of his word. Giveth light and it giveth understanding to the simple. So as we are teaching you the word, we are shedding light on your path. That is why our coming together is of the essence. Our coming together is of the essence. We may not meet in these numbers after today until the future, but we will meet in houses. Two, three, five, six, eight, ten is our limit. Two, three, four, five, six, ten is our limit. We will have little, little clusters all over the city where we are meeting, where we are studying, where we are praying. And where we are looking after each other's welfare. That is how the church started. The history of the church tells us that for 1,000 years, there were no buildings. People met in houses. Let me give you a few scriptures. The book of Philemon, chapter 1, verse 2. Philemon, chapter 1, verse 2. Philemon 1, 2. Philemon, chapter 1, verse 2. And to our beloved Apaya and Acipus, our fellow soldier... And to the church in thy house. The church in thy house. Churches were in houses. You know in Acts chapter 5 verse 42. It said daily in the temple. And from house to house. They cease not to preach Christ. From house to house. So churches existed in houses. That is apostolic. That is apostolic teaching. They met from house to house. And they were fellowshipping in houses another scripture for you is Romans 16 verse 5 Romans 16 verse 5 likewise greet the church that is in their house salute my well-beloved Athenitus who is the first fruits of Achaia unto Christ I'll show you another one quickly 1 Corinthians 16 19 first Corinthians 16 19 the churches of Asia salute you Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord With the church that is where? In their house. With the church that is where? In their house. Colossians 4.15 Colossians 4.15 Colossians 4.15 Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nimpas and the church which is where? In their house. So churches meet in the houses. You have no excuse not to belong to a gathering. You are saved to a gathering. You are saved to an assemblage. It begins from 2, 3, 4. And in our situation, it stops at 10. But we must assemble to pray, to study, to counsel one another.
1: And to cater for the welfare of each other. Am I teaching? I said, am I teaching? So churches
0: in houses. Look at Hebrews chapter 13 verse 7. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 7. Remember them which have the rule over you. Who have spoken unto you the word of God. Whose faith follow. Considering the end of their conversation. Take note of the word rule. Who have the rule over you. Who have the rule over you. That's what we refer to as the local church. Specific gathering. And it has a spiritual leadership. A specific gathering with a spiritual leadership. The church. The church. Look at Hebrews thirteen 17. First of all, he said, they that have the rule over you. Verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls. As they that must give account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. For this is unprofitable for you. In verse 7 when he says remember them that have the rule over you. That word remember means to take note of them. Take note of them that have the rule over you. Because before you obey you must recognize those that have rule over you. You must recognize a person before you obey him. So recognize those that have the rule over you. Who have spoken to you the word of God. So what gives me rule over you in the gathering is that I am feeding you with the word of God. I am feeding you with the word of God. So you obey me who have spoken to you the word of God. In verse 17 he brings out certain elements that number one you have come to a people and you have also come to leadership of men. In a gathering you have come to a people. And you have also come to the gathering of men. Acts 2.42 To the gathering of men. Acts 2.42 And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And in breaking of bread and in prayers. So you come to leadership. You have come to men. That is a proof of your faith. That is a proof of your faith. Remember, Church, Romans, First Corinthians, Galatians
1: were all letters to churches. The
0: letter to Timothy and Titus were pastoral epistles. First Peter, letters to a local church. Look at the First Peter 5:1. First Peter chapter 5 verse 1. The elders which are among you are exhort. Who am also an elder. And a witness of the sufferings of Christ. And a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. So all of this is in the local church. The elders that are among you. James 5.14. James wrote to a church. Is any sick among you. Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. Let him call for the elders of the gathering. First John. First John chapter two, chapter two, verse twelve, verse thirteen, verse two is a letter to a local church. Second John chapter one, verse one is a letter to a local church. 3 John verse nine to the church. There's no letter that was written to just freelance. All the epistles were written to a gathering of believers, they were written to local assemblies. Jude verse 4, look at Jude verse 4, Jude verse 4 it was written to a local church for there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old, ordained to this condemnation ungodly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ, they crept into the local gathering they crept into our local assembly unawares to corrupt what we are learning To corrupt what we are learning. Revelation chapter 2, chapter 3. Letters were written to seven churches in Asia Minor. The letters were written to seven churches in Asia Minor. Revelation chapter 2, chapter 3. What I'm saying in essence is you are born again into one body in Christ. Then you gather physically to demonstrate that truth for who you are. Our gathering is a proof. That we are born of God. Our gathering is a demonstration that we belong to one family. You prove that one body when we are gathered. We assemble with ourselves, with other believers.
1: It's a proof of our faith. It's a fruit of
0: the Spirit. A fruit of the Spirit. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One Lord of our one Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. So all of us belong to an assemblage. All of us belong to an assemblage. Whether we are at the same level of revelation or not, once we are born again, we are one faith. Whether we are of the same level of epignosis or not, once we are born again, we are of the same faith. Can I have a powerful amen? I said, can I have a powerful Amen. Right. So in the first service, we began to deal with discerning the Lord's body in Corinthians. And I'm going to shoot from where we stopped quickly in Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 20. First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 20. When you come together on the line together, therefore into one place. This is not to eat the Lord's supper. This is not to eat the Lord's supper. When you are come together. Underline the word together. Like I said earlier. When a scripture is misunderstood. A truth is lost. A major truth. So there is something fundamental here. But a good part of the church. Because of wrong interpretation of what we are about to read. Have lost the meaning of what Paul was talking about. Look at how many times he used the word come together. 1 Corinthians 11:17. First 1 Corinthians 11:17. 17. Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. Underline the, the word, come together. Come together. Give me verse 18. Verse 18. For first of all, when you come together, on the line, come together again. Come together. In the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. And I partly believe it. Next verse. For there must be also heresies among you. They which are approved may be made manifest among you. Twenty, now pay attention. When you come together, underline line come together again. That is three come togethers. Therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the lost supper. People have always interpreted the Lord's Supper to be a special meal or what is coined in the Pentecostal circle, Holy Communion. Now let's do some word study. The word supper in the Greek is the word dipnon. D-I-P-N-O-N. Dipnon. That's the word supper. It's a meal that is different from breakfast. It's a late meal, supper. Supper. A late meal. A meal that is different from breakfast. That's why this word is often used for banquets, supper, or parties. Banquet or parties. So it's either a lunch or dinner. When we say supper, we are talking about a lunch or dinner. This word is never used for Passover anywhere in the scripture. The word supper is never used anywhere from Genesis to Revelation for Passover. Deep noon or supper is a meal. A banquet that is taken in the afternoon or late evening or at night. It's a banquet that is taken in the afternoon or late evening or at night. The word deep non you find it in John 12 2. John chapter 12 verse 2. There they made him a supper. There they made him a supper and matters served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. John 13 2. Let's do exegesis. John 13 2. And supper being ended. The devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot. Simon's son to betray him. John 13.4. John 13.4. He rised from supper. And laid aside his garments. And took a towel and guarded himself. So consistently. We see the use of the word supper. As a meal. That after eating in the late afternoon. Or in the evening. Supper. Look at another scripture. Luke 14.24. Luke 14.24. For I say unto you. The parable of Jesus. That none of those men which were bidding. Shall taste of my supper. None of those men which were bidding. Shall taste of my supper. Remember. Whenever a scripture is misinterpreted. A major truth is lost. A parable of the great supper where a man called many people to come and eat. That's the parable of Jesus. He called many people to come and eat. So this is about coming to eat with others. Supper means coming to eat with others. Deep none, Like a feast, a dinner of, or a party. Now because people misunderstood this, the lesson was lost. And instead of the lesson, people are busy eating bread and rabbina and tasty thyme. They are busy eating and eating. Eating and eating. What was Paul saying? Because oftentimes the churches met in the evenings. So since they met in the evenings, when they came together, just like we read, they were breaking bread. Breaking bread means sharing food. Breaking bread means to share food. We gather, they share food for us. The sharing of food is called breaking bread. So when they have fellowship, after fellowship, they now share food as supper. When do you remember, when we used to have services in Port Harcourt. we will fast all day. Then in the evening, as we are breaking the fast together with that church, they will now bring food. First of all, they will bring fruits. They will bring drinks. Everybody will drink. Then they will bring food for everybody, light food for everybody to eat because we've been fasting the whole day. Then we will fellowship together and go home. That is supper. That is breaking bread. Are you in the building? That is what? Breaking bread. So this is people sharing food. That was now what was termed the Lord's supper. What we call today love feast, love feast. When there's a love feast in the church, it is called the Lord's supper. They come together to eat. So Paul is addressing them here in First Corinthians eleven twenty. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's supper. He's addressing the church. Now, a good number of people have read this to refer to what is called Holy Communion or better still, the Passover. Come with me to Matthew 26.2. Let's examine the word Passover. Matthew 26.2. You know that after two days is the feast of the Passover and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Look at verse 17 of Matthew 26. Matthew 26, 17. Now the first day of the feast of unliving bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying unto him, Where will thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? Where will thou? Look at verse 18. Verse 18. And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house. With my disciples. Next verse 19. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them. And they made ready the Passover. So there were preparations required for Passover. It's not like supper. Where you can stand up and take anything and eat. Passover has special process there is a preparation required that's one of the difference between Passover and supper anything in the house can be shared as supper but Passover you must make ready you must prepare are we in the building so it's obvious that in the bible in the use of language Passover was not supper and supper was not Passover Passover Look at Luke chapter 22 verse 1. Luke chapter 22 verse 1. Now, the feast of unliving bread drew nigh. Which is called the Passover. Which is called the Passover. This feast was instituted not by Jesus. It's not Jesus that instituted the feast. It was Moses. Who instituted the feast of the Passover. So the Passover predated Jesus. The Passover predated the incarnation. It was instituted by Moses. Let's trace it. Exodus 12.11 Exodus 12.11 And thus shall you eat it. With your loins guarded. Your shoes on your feet. And your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. It is the Lord's Passover. Calling it the Lord's Passover is out of place. It should have been called it is Moses' Passover. Calling it the Lord's Passover is out of place. Exodus 12.43 Exodus 12.43 And the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron. This is the ordinance of the Passover. This is the ordinance. There are instructions governing the Passover. This is the ordinance of the Passover. There shall no stranger eat thereof. So the Passover was to commemorate how Israel left Egypt. How Israel left Egypt. That was it. They will kill a lamb.
1: They will eat it per household. Why then the bread? Why then the bread? Why the bread? Let's look at the scriptures. Exodus
0: thirteen verse six. Listen carefully. Seven days thou shalt eat on living bread, and in the seventh day shall be a feast to the Lord. Next verse. On living bread shall be eaten seven days. And there shall no living bread be seen with thee. Neither shall there be living seen with thee in all thy quarters. So the bread of this feast is a special bread. It is called unliving bread. You can't just buy bread from bakery and say Passover. It's unliving bread. It has specifications. It has Instructions on how it was produced. Leviticus 23 verse 4. Leviticus. Many scriptures good for your health. 23 verse 4. These are the feasts of the Lord. Even holy convocations. Which you shall proclaim in their seasons. Verse 5. In the 14th day of the first month at even. Is the last Passover. Verse 6. And in the 15th day of the same month. Is the feast of unliving bread unto the Lord. Seven days. You must eat unliving bread. How many days? You don't just come and carry that dinner and eat bread and go home. No. It's to be done seven days. There's a procedure. There's a pattern. Because it's a feast. So the reason why unliving bread is called Passover and Passover is called unliving bread is because it happens concurrently. You eat for seven days and on the seventh day is the feast of the Passover. That's why, you know, um, sometimes the Passover is referred to as the unliving bread. First and foremost, Jesus did not start this. It is most unlikely That he must have eaten this All the time he was on earth But the very last one Was the one we have recorded It's a feast that was ongoing Years after years before Jesus came And from his discourse It's most likely That they had eaten it together before Because he said I will no more eat this with thee So it's likely they have been eating it together before. And even upon his resurrection, the terminology did not change. When he rose from the dead, the terminology did not change. In Acts chapter 2 verse 1, look at it, Acts chapter 2 verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. The day of Pentecost the word Pentecost means 50 Pentecost means 50 it's not a spiritual word Pentecost means 50 49 days after Passover is Pentecost 49 days after Passover is Pentecost Pentecost doesn't mean spirit Pentecost doesn't mean Holy Ghost Pentecost is a feast of the Jews which means 50 49 days after unliving bread. But the name was retained. Look at Acts 12 verse 3. Acts 12 verse 3. And because he saw it pleased the Jews. He proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unliving bread. Verse 4. And when he had apprehended him. He put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions, four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter, after Easter, to bring him forth to the people. The terminology did not change. Look at Acts 2016. Acts 2016. For Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus. Because he will not spend the time in Asia, for he hasted if it were possible for him to be at Jerusalem when the day of Pentecost. So Pentecost doesn't mean spirit, it was a feast that was ongoing before Jesus came. He repeated this in First Corinthians 16:8. First Corinthians 16:8. But I will tarry at Ephesus. Until Pentecost. I will tarry at Ephesus. Until Pentecost. So Paul did not spiritualize any of this. And he did not change the name. He did not spiritualize any of this. And he did not change the name. There was Passover. There was Pentecost. There was unliving bread. And they maintained the names. They didn't spiritualize it. So that is why supper cannot be Pentecost. Supper cannot be unliving bread. Supper cannot be Passover. Because the names were maintained even in the polite communication. If you're following, shout, I hear you. Please stay with me. Stay with me. We are discerning the lost body.
1: Stay with me. It wasn't called the Lord's Passover. I mean the Lord's Supper.
0: Passover was not called the Lord's Supper. So obviously in Acts 2.42. Acts chapter 2. Verse 42. And they continue steadfastly. In the apostles doctrine and fellowship. And in breaking of bread. And in prayers. When people came together to hear the word. Breaking of bread is not something as the Passover or the feast of unliving bread, it was a normal thing. After teaching, the family where they are worshiping will bring food, whatever they bring, they will share
1: it. But more, jello fries, yam, editaiwa, egg eh. Atama,
0: anything you have. Did you hear that? Hey, <laughs> that's revelation knowledge there. Anything they bring, white rice, eh?
1: Noodles, spaghetti, papo, anything.
0: When they share it, they call it breaking of bread. Of bones, donut, anything. As they share it, they call it breaking of bread. Yam. Boiled and fried, all of that was called breaking of bread as part of apostolic tradition to establish love and care among brethren. To establish what love and care among brethren, but on living bread is a special bread, Passover is a special feast, they are not supper, it's not
1: every bread that is used for the feast. But this error has been carried to many denominations. Luke 24, 49. Luke 24, 49. And behold, I send the promise of my
0: father upon you. But tarry in Jerusalem until you be endured with power from on high. This was when Jesus taught the disciples, remember, when you have the Passover or on bread, bread, anytime you have that, it is specially prepared. So you don't just stand up and eat it at the spur of the moment. You don't just stand up and eat on living bread. You don't just stand up and eat you know, um, uh, Passover at the spot. No, no, no. It's a feast that is prepared for. But the apostles were eating every day as they were meeting from house to house. Because it was just dinner. They were eating banquets. They were having love feasts among them. Am I communicating? You have to prepare the unliving bread and the Passover lamb. You don't just eat it at the spur of the moment or just eat it spontaneously. Look at Luke 24, 29. Luke 24, 29. Pay attention. But they constrained him saying, abide with us. For it is toward evening. And the day is fast spent. And he went in to tarry with them. Next verse. And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them. He took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Is that on living bread? Eh? No, it's not. Jesus repeated the same thing with another meal in verse 41 of Luke 24. Luke 24, 41. And while they yet believed not for joy. And wondered, he said unto them, Have you here any meat? Next verse. And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of a honeycomb. Next verse. And he took it and did it before them. So he was just eating food. Breaking bread was just eating food. Supper was just eating food. This wasn't any special feast. So to break bread means... To share food. Hello? The unliving bread was a very special bread. Passover was a special feast. That was prepared for with instructions. Supper was just food you ate. Breaking of bread was sharing food. Are those terminologies clear? Now come back to 1 Corinthians 5. Verse 6. First Corinthians chapter 5 verse 6. Now, if you miss where I am now to where I'm going, you shouldn't have come. Your glory in is not good. Know ye not that a little living, living at the whole lump, verse 7. Purge out therefore the old living. That you may be a new lump as you are unliving. You, you you are unliving for even Christ our passover Christ 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 not bread Christ himself our passover is sacrifice for us so because Christ is our passover we have become unliving bread we are the bread Christ is the passover so in our union with Christ We are living in the reality of the Passover and the unliving bread. Is it getting
1: clear? Give me verse 8. Verse 8.
0: Therefore, let us keep the feast. Not with the unliving that they were eating in Israel. Neither with the living of malice and wickedness. They were eating it but they were full of malice and wickedness. But with the unliving bread of what Christ has done in us, which is of sincerity and truth, we are the circumcision that worship God where in the spirit, and I'm no confidence. Where in the is it getting clear here?
1: Please stay with me. Stay with me. Paul says, We the church are that unliving bread
0: the word on living is from the word that implies to ferment we are fermented bread to ferment on living fermented and you know something that is fermented is processed some like like palm wine you can drink fresh palm wine and it will not intoxicate you but once palm wine is kept for some days it goes through a process of fermentation when you drink it, eh, you will
1: stagger. Because it is no more palm wine. It has metamorphosed into tombo <laughs> tombo <Tombolicosis.
0: laughs> Kai, kai. <laughs> you take it and begin to see people in trees. Say you are tree. They say we should not gather more than 10. All of you, two of you are looking thirty. The government are coming. The man is no more together. Tombo is tomborizing his head. <laughs> so the unliving bread went through a process of fermentation. That's why you can't eat it at the spot of the moment. It was processed. Are we in the building here? Okay. Unliving means ferment. It was symbolic of sin. Unliving means there's no fermentation, no yeast. Living means fermentation. Unliving means no yeast. Therefore, it cannot ferment. Because there's no yeast inside. It can't swell and it cannot ferment. That is, it cannot swell. You know swell? Uh, it can't change. It's the way it is. It cannot swell and it cannot ferment because there is no yeast that's why it is called unliving unliving bread is different and it has almost no taste unliving bread has almost no taste he calls the church the unliving bread meaning the church doesn't have sin we are unliving bread we have no sin why? our Passover Became sin. He's been crucified. Therefore, by the crucifixion of Christ, I am on bread to God. I am without sin. God made him sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Are we getting it here? If you're catching a shout, I hear you. So Christ is our Passover lamb. And as a result, we have become without sin. Because he is sacrificed for our sins. Stay with me. So in symbolism, the unliving bread represents the church. Christ is Passover for sin. That is That Passover, Christ being our Passover, is what resulted to us becoming unliving bread. So while the Passover celebrated judgment over sin and deliverance, the Passover celebrated judgment over sin and deliverance. The unliving bread celebrated oneness and unity without sin. Oneness and unity without sin. Oneness and unity without sin. sin. Many people read chapter 11 without reading other chapters look at 1 Corinthians 10 16 before we get to 11 chapter 10 verse 16 the cup of blessing which we bless is it not the communion of the blood of Christ the bread which we break is it not the communion of the body of Christ Now look at 17 don't miss that for we for we, for we, being many,
1: are one bread.
0: We are the bread. And we are one body. For we are all partakers of that one
1: bread. He's not speaking symbols here. He is speaking our reality in Christ. Are we teaching? So the bread here refers to the church.
0: Partakers of that bread. He has called us one bread. In chapter 5 verse 7 to 8. That is we have all become partakers of that one bread. So when he gets to chapter 11. Where he is talking to believers about division. First Corinthians 11 is Paul rebuking the church
1: on the subject of division.
0: Listen carefully. First Corinthians 11 20. 11 20. When you come together, therefore, into one place. This is not to eat the Lord's supper. So our coming together, is it to eat the Lord's supper? Is it on living bread? No. So what Paul is dealing with here is not not Passover. What Paul is dealing with here is not on living bread. What did he say? When you
1: come together, what you are eating is not the
0: lost Passover. That supper, that love feast is not the Lord's Passover. He is about to tell them why. So he says to them in verse 21. Look at verse 21. For in eating, everyone taketh before order his own supper. And one is hungry and
1: another is drunken. You say you gather for love
0: feast. When the food is brought, somebody actually cannot stand up and somebody is hungry. What kind of love feast
1: are you doing? One is drunken. And
0: one didn't even get a bottle of Maltina to drink. And as you're going, some are going with extra inside their handbag. You know those women that have digital hands? When public food is being shared, they come with special handbags. They they will just fear it has entered. Say I never get. I never get. Fear it has entered. I never get. Then they come with their small child who will be carrying it and proceeding. Fear the child will carry and proceed. Fear. They have a bush where they keep it. Fear. Before the meeting is over they have collected 10 plates. Meanwhile somebody has not seen one. Am
1: I teaching here? what brother Paul was dealing with in First Corinthians chapter 11. What he's saying is the moment you are selfish about
0: it, it is no more the Lord's Supper. The moment you are selfish about eating food together, it is no more the Lord's Supper. It is the Lord's Supper when everybody partakes. It is no more the Lord's dinner. It is no more... Why the Lord is inside is that the sacrificial nature of the Lord will be displayed in the eating. Am I teaching good here? Yes. The sacrificial nature, the love of God will be displayed. That is, if I eat one plate, and I discover my friend doesn't have one, I help him to get one. Or if I'm eating and I see a brother sitting without food, I go to him with my plate, and I ask us to share. That is the Lord's supper. Anything outside that is not the Lord's Supper. That's why I say when you come, it is not the Lord's Supper. Because what you people are doing, the Lord is not inside. Am I teaching good? What you guys are doing here in this, the Lord is not inside. So at this point, he's dealing with selfishness in the church and lack of care. What brother Paul was dealing with in that church at Corinth in chapter 11 was selfishness and lack of care. Look at that 1 Corinthians 11.22. 11, 11.22. 11, what?
1: What? Somebody shout what? Have
0: you not houses to eat and to drink in or despise ye the church of God and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise
1: you not. You know, get house. You know if you chop for house. You know if you drink for house. Make I mean, use speech in English, please. International audience, forgive me. Make it enter. You know if you chop for house. You know if you drink for your house. Why just they misbehave for public? You they do like say they don't bring you up well for house. Eh? You just they move around like say now only your family don't see hunger. Eh? Why they do like that? They do raise you well. You don't know get home training. You just chop one plate there. Then you move, go sit for there.
0: Then you chop one plate, finish. You climb gallery. <laughs> you chop another plate. Ah, ah. You know, chop for house. <laughs> you know. chop for house. <laughs> Am I teaching good? Are you catching my flow?
1: At this point, if you were to
0: stop here, what will you say Paul was talking about in that church at Corinth? Eh? Selfishness and lack of care for one. That's the subject. He's not talking Holy Communion. Holy Communion,
1: bread and tasty. No! He's talking of lack of sharing and caring for one another. You brought food to the service.
0: Then you didn't give it to those that don't have. It is you that cooked the food and brought. It came from your house. Then you sat down and finish it. How many of you know there are people like that? They will cook the food and bring for us to share. But while music is going on, they are beginning to eat. Before they say eating time, they are finished it, and they will go to another person own and eat. Uh-uh. selfishness. You don't get food for house.
1: And there are some people, only public food used to switch them. <laughs> their gluttonous ministry comes alive
0: when there is public food. Sometimes we go to public meetings. The moment food comes, I will see people laughing and being happy. I will say to mama, why are they happy? So this food now is why they are happy. You see people laughing. At that time, even enemies become friends. Because food has arrived. Whose God is
1: their belly? Behave yourself. Whole body, whole body. If you know you will not whole body, eat at home. So that when you come, you can represent your family well. Don't disgrace your father's name. I'm teaching good. You're not the only one that is hungry. Everybody that came there is hungry. We all came to eat. Chill. Let them share it for us. See, I hear you. I'm not hearing you. I'm not hearing you. Paul was not teaching on living bread feast here. He was teaching supper. Now look at verse 23. Verse 23.
0: For I have received, that's where the problem is for many people. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread.
1: That's where the confusion
0: is for many people. They assume that Jesus gave to Paul a special revelation of Holy Communion. When Paul said, I received of the Lord, it doesn't mean the Lord showed him specially. What he's about to say, about to say, many people saw it. It means I received the information about Jesus. I received of the Lord means I received the information Jesus why did he use the word received because he was not there when it happened he was not there and we know that the eyewitness account of Christ was part of his gospel in first Corinthians 15 verse 3 first Corinthians 15 verse 3 for I delivered unto you first of all that which also I received how that Christ died for our sins how So, where did he receive it from? From the scriptures. It was not a special revelation. So, when he say, I receive, what he's saying is, I read from the eyewitness account. He's making reference. He's not instituting an order. The gospel which I received. So, when he said, I received from the Lord, it doesn't mean the Lord told him. Go and tell my church to start communion service. No. Let me ask all of you. Did Jesus start the Passover feast? Was it Jesus that started it? Did Jesus instruct the church to do Passover feast? Is there any scripture for that? I received of the Lord simply means I was told. And we know who told him. Luke's account. He received it from Luke's account. Luke told us where he got it. Look at Luke chapter 1 verse 1. Luke chapter 1 verse 1. Luke chapter 1 verse 1. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. Verse 2. Even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the world. So Luke was told what Paul wrote. Luke was told what Paul wrote. Meaning, what Paul wrote, he got it from Luke,
1: who was told. What Paul wrote, he
0: got it from Luke, who was told. Are you here? So now go back to 1 Corinthians 11. And we will extract verse 23 to 26. Let's remove 23 to 26. First of all. Let's go to twenty-seven.
1: Look, I mean First Corinthians eleven twenty-seven. Wherefore,
0: whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body
1: and of the blood of the Lord. Hmm. Twenty-eight. But let a man examine himself.
0: And so let him eat of that bread. And drink of that cup. 29. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, Eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Not discerning the lost body. What's the topic of our teaching? Discerning the lost body. Okay. Verse 30. Now watch. For this cause. Singular. Not for these causes. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you,
1: and many sleep. For which cause?
0: For Passover or for lack of care? Exactly. For lack of caring for one another. Some of you are sick. Nobody visited. Nobody cared. And they die. The reason why some people die is when they look around, nobody cares for them. They look around, they have nobody. They look around, the world looks too lonely. They just say there's no point and they give up. If somebody is sick and people who love him come around him, he recovers very fast, through or false. So Paul is saying the reason why some people are sick among you is because there's no care. Some of you are even weak because nobody cares about you. You're going through things. Nobody is there to pray for you. You You're being challenged. Instead of brethren helping you, they gossip you and backbite you. So when you hear that the only brethren you have are the ones looking for your downfall and you're already weak, you get weaker. Some even die for lack of care. Not for not eating communion. In the entire Old Testament, did we read anywhere communion kill anybody? No, let me use the right word, Passover. Did we read anywhere Passover killed anybody? None. Yet they were in sin. They were eating it with sin, yet they didn't die. And in today's church, because of lack of interpretation, they will tell you if you eat it with sin, you die. It is even if that was really the body of Jesus and the blood, it is when you are in sin, you should eat and drink it. Is it not true? If it is really the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus, when shall you eat it? When you are in sin, because why was his blood shed? It was shed to wash away our sins. It doesn't
1: make sense. I'm teaching good.
0: It is when you have sin. In fact, anytime you sin, if it was really the real deal, every time you seen where should you be running to? The body and the blood to go and eat it so you can do the work. But then the church will tell you, eh eh, where you are sin, you can't eat it. If you eat it, you will die. Wrong interpretation. The dying and the weakness there is because of lack of care. We are not caring for one another. We are not looking after each other. Okay? We don't care. A student is struggling to pay school fees. Nobody to pay for him. He comes around the church. Brethren push him out. He goes out. He misses the admission. He he can't even pay rent. He moves to the village. In the village, he is so frustrated. He begins to think of stealing. And he goes to steal. They catch him and kill him. What killed him?
1: Lack of care. Lack of care.
0: When we don't care for one another... We leave room for Satan to use our lack of care to weaken brethren and kill them. That's what Paul was dealing with here in this church. He wasn't dealing with eating some wafer and drinking some some red ribina. No!
1: You are the bread. You are the unliving bread. Jesus is the Passover. We are one body. So when we come together,
0: We should care for each other. We should look out for each other. Am I talking to somebody here? We should look out for each other. That's what brother Paul was teaching in Corinthians. That's what he was teaching, the church. Now stay with me. Let's go to the significance of what he pointed. What was the significance? What was Jesus teaching during the unliving bread and the Passover? You sometimes It's good to take the whole account together. It's good to look at the picture holistically in Bible study. It's good to look at the whole account together. So look at John 13 verse 1 and listen very carefully.
1: Now before the feast of the Passover,
0: when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Next verse. And supper being ended. Supper being ended. Give me verse 4. Verse 4. He riseth from supper. From what? Supper. Not from Passover. From supper. And what does he do? He laid aside his garment. And took a towel. And guarded himself. Look at verse 13 of the same chapter. 13. You call me master and lord and you say well for so I am. Next verse. If I then your lord and master have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet. This is not that feet washing service they are doing. Jesus is not teaching feet washing here. He's using washing of feet as symbolic to communicate a lesson. It's a parable. I'm asking people to wash it. Many years ago, I used to wash your legs in this church. You remember? Every 31st December, we put jars of water and ask you to put your leg inside so you can have a glorious new year. Carnality.
1: Thank God for revelation knowledge.
0: I'm not afraid and I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed to tell you that I did some things. After all, we were not born with knowledge. We grew with knowledge.
1: Knowledge is progressive. We keep learning. Say, I hear you. Yeah?
0: And that's a proof that I have grown. Uh, if you can't see where I was and where I am, I'm not growing. But once you can see that this is where I was, this is where I am, you know that this man is growing. And it is healthy for you. Say, I hear
1: you. Now, so it's not fit washing service at all.
0: Put back that scripture again. Give me verse 14. If I then, your Lord and Master, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Verse 15. For I have given you an example. I have given you what? That you should do as I have done to you. Next verse. 16. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. 17. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. 34. 34. 34. So Jesus was teaching sacrifice and humility. He was teaching sacrifice and humility. 34. A new commandment I give unto you. That you love one another. As I have loved you. That you also love one another. Next verse. 35. But by this shall all men know. That you are my disciples. If you have love one to another. He taught that also. John 15, 12. Look at another thing he taught that night. Same night he was teaching. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. 13. Greater love hath no man than this. That a man lay down his life for his friend. It's the same context. Chapter 13, 14, 15. He was teaching in the same context. Did Jesus use his death as an example?
1: Did Jesus use his death as an example? Yes.
0: It was for sins. A gift. Jesus' death was a Passover for sins. A Passover for sins. Now Matthew 26, 28. Matthew 26, 28. For this is my blood of the New Testament. Which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So he died as an example of love. Jesus died as our Passover as an example of love. So on the table on the table you have a lesson and you have a faith fact. On the table you have a lesson and you have a faith
1: fact. On the table, you have a lesson. Number one, this is for your sin. Number
0: two, this is for your conduct. Number one, this is for your sin. Number two, this is for your conduct. Both as a gift of faith and also as an example. Both as a gift of faith and also as an example. Now watch this. First Corinthians 5-7. <clears throat> are you enjoying? Glory to God. First Corinthians 5-7. out therefore the old living, that you may be a new lump as you are unliving. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for all. Paul taught the Passover primarily as Christ's sacrifice for our sins. That was the lesson Paul gave us there. He says, Now you are unliving. So therefore, eat the bread of sincerity. Eat the bread that is related to one another in sincerity. Because you are unliving bread. You yourself. In other places, Ephesians 1 7. Paul taught it as forgiveness of sins. In Ephesians 4.32. 4.32. And be kind one to another. Tender hearted. Forgiving. Watch. Watch. Forgiving one another. Even as God. Even example. Even as God. For Christ's sake. Has forgiven you. The same way you've been forgiven. Forgive others. Ephesians 5.1 Be therefore followers of God as their children too and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. So the death of Christ is both a gift to us and an example is both a gift to us and an example
1: Colossians 2.13 and you
0: being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh had he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses Colossians 3.13. Now look at what he says to you in that same letter. Forbearing one another. Since you've been forgiven, you too, forbearing one another. And forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Same thing John says. We love because he first loved us. So, God's love is a gift and an example. God's love is a gift and an example. Having said all this, let's go for the bull's eye. 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen.
1: 17. Now, in this that I declare unto
0: you, I praise you not. For you come together, Not for the better, but for the worse. Eighteen. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. And I partly believe it. Nineteen. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Twenty. When you come together, therefore, into one place. This is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Twenty-one. For in eating, everyone taketh before order his own supper. And one is hungry, and another is drunken. 22. What? Have you not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. 23. For I have received of the Lord. I have received of the Lord. That which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed,
1: took bread. What will you say Paul was talking about? Eating
0: food, observing a feast, or walking in love. Very good. Walking in love. So whatever he will say about Christ at this point, will it be a gift for our sin or an example for our conduct? Example for... Very good. So, that is what Paul was teaching. That what Christ did in his sacrificial death was an example for us to also lay down our lives for the brethren. That's what he was teaching. Now stay with me. So, by going to the Passover feast, he is not asking you to continue the Passover. So watch now. 1 Corinthians 11.23 For I have received of the Lord Jesus... That which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. 24. And when he had given thanks he broke it. And said take it. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Keyword: broken for.
1: My body broken for. We know that the
0: bread was not his body. The bread was not his body. This is my body. He was talking about his actual sacrifice for sins. Verse 25. Look at the sacrifice. After the same manner also, he took the cup. When he had stopped saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it. In remembrance of me. Still dealing with the sacrifice. 26. 26. For as often as you eat this bread... And drink this cup. You do show the Lord's death till he comes. Question. Was it, what was he talking about?
1: Hmm? Now hold on. In the Greek. Put up that scripture. I want to explain something. Here. In the Greek when he said. This is the bread.
0: For as often as you eat this bread. This Underline that word, this bread. Which bread was he talking about?
1: The bread he was talking about earlier. When you bring in the food. The bread there is that food that you
0: bring in for love feast. Because that was their custom. The King James Version did us a disservice in the use of words. Look at verse 26 now. Look at that 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show. The word show the Lord's dead there is the word katagelo in the Greek. Show. katagelo To do an open display of something. katagelo To do an open display of something. That cannot be the unliving bread. You do is the word
1: indeed truly. You make an open display
0: of the Lord's death. Question. What is the lost debt for? Sin or an example?
1: That is, what message is the
0: lost debt giving us? Sin or example? Example. So, you demonstrate Christ's sacrifice for us when you bring food. When you cook food and you bring for us to eat out of care. You are demonstrating Christ's sacrifice. As often as you are eating with one another, you are showing, you are demonstrating the love of God in his sacrifice to one another.
1: Am I teaching here? You are demonstrating the sacrifice of Christ. So that will mean in the way you treat
0: believers, you demonstrate his sacrifice. In how you take care of each other, you show the lost debt. In how you take care of each other's interests, you are demonstrating. That is, you are living a sacrificial life for the betterment of brethren. That is showing the lost debt. He used the Passover as a lesson to teach the love work. Paul is not giving an instruction. To hold communion service. And he says we will keep showing. The sacrifice of Christ. In our interpersonal relationships. Till he comes. We will keep showing that sacrifice. In our
1: conduct. Till he comes. It's something we will keep doing. till the trumpet sounds Till he comes. In verse 27.
0: There's something that I want to bring out. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, unworthily is a Greek word anaxios. A-N-A-X-I-O-U-S. Anaxios means improperly. Unwordily means improperly. What is not correct?
1: Improperly. What does he mean? If you bring food, and do not share with those who do not have.
0: You are doing it improperly. Unwordily there means you brought food for us to share. Then you ate it and you gave us long throat. You know long throat. You made us salivate without giving us the food. You are eating the, 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 the supper unwordily.
1: Unworthily, improperly, you are guilty. The word
0: guilty is the word liable. The word guilty shall be guilty of the body is the word liable. You are owing to show sacrifice. Liable means you are owing the brethren to show them sacrifice. You are owing us to show us the sacrifice of Christ that you have been saved by. That is the moment you don't share you are owing somebody. And remember what Paul said, owe no man anything but love. The moment you don't share the food with us, you are owing us. And because this verse has been turned into a ceremony rather than the instruction to love. People are busy eating things. And they are eating it with all kinds of divisions. When we missed out an important truth in that place. What Paul is emphasizing is the sacrifice of Christ. Learn to treat one another well. In verse 28, he doesn't mention wine. He doesn't mention unleavened bread. Eating and drinking. Look at 28. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread. And drink of that cup. 29. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, Eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. He eateth and drinketh damnation. The word examine himself. Examine himself. Is the word dokimazo in the Greek. Dokimazo. Let him test himself. Eat and drink unwordily. Why is he eating and drinking unwordily? He is not discerning the needs in the brethren. He is eating and enjoying himself at the expense of his brethren. The word discerning means to distinguish or to treat specially the lost body. To treat specially the lost body or to treat differently the lost body. And that's the essence of this teaching that we treat ourselves differently. We treat ourselves specially. We treat ourselves as peculiar people. We treat ourselves as people that Jesus has raised from the dead. We treat ourselves. That is, the moment you come to the gathering of believers, your wealth is not a status. Your background is not a status. You begin to discern the lost body. That is, Jesus equalizes all of us. When we come together now, we begin to look after the welfare of each other. You must see Christ. And in seeing Christ, you must see the church. Look at verse 30. Verse 30. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. That is some people thought he meant, if you eat on living bread and you have seen in your life, you just die. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. That's not the point. He is saying, when we refuse to discern one another as one body and care for one another, some are sick some are weak and some die. So to design the lost body means to take recognition of the church. The church is superior to any other family you have. Superior to your friends and business associates. The church is superior to your status friends. The church is one body. And the moment you cannot share food with the brethren, you have forgotten who you, that you are one with that person and anything you eat you are eating damnation
1: to yourself you are eating damnation
0: you are eating damnation so what does he say look at 31 to 33 as a roundup are you blessed for if we will judge ourselves we should not be judged next verse but when we are judged we are chastened of the lord that we should not be condemned with the world 33 wherefore my brethren When you come together
1: to eat, when you come together to eat, what? Eh? Wait for one another. Don't eat till I am eating. Don't drink till you are sure everybody has got it. Wait for one another.
0: He's dealing with selfishness. The moment we misapply the scripture, a major truth is lost. Paul is saying sharing with the saints is crucial. Your status don't matter again. You must learn to discern. You must learn to discern. You must discern the body of Christ in its oneness: one body, one faith, one Lord. One body, one faith. One Lord. Even if a brother is weak in faith because he doesn't have knowledge, once he's born again, we tolerate him and we look for how to help him grow. We are one bread. We are one body. Somebody blessed. We are one bread. We are one body. Have I brought to a logical conclusion the issue of communion? Is it clear for everybody? We are one bread. We are one body. We look out for each other. We care for each other. That's the essence of Christianity. By this love and care shall all men know you are my disciple. That's our conduct. That's our exemplary lifestyle. Stand on your feet. That's all I've got for you in this service. This is one class and half. Is that true? One class and half. Lekatobab. Listen to the part one. First service was also as brutal as this. We dealt with other areas because we looked at the subject holistically. We left no gray areas. Anybody that listened to these two CDs and still has issue with communion needs 100 days of fasting for revelation knowledge. He needs to give himself to fasting and prayer. That means his eyes are veiled.
1: This is this so clear. So clear. It's not about eating things. People are eating it and dying.
0: Right now, all over the world, churches, let's eat communion, let's break bread, let's gather, let's eat bread, let's, let's drink wine, so we can be protected from coronavirus. Usai. If the name of Jesus cannot do it, no bread and wafer can do it. If the word of God cannot keep you, nobody can keep you. Now, what are you talking about? It's bread from bakery. And I've from, from manufacturing. More potent than the word of God. The new testament has no symbols. No shadows. The new testament is spiritual. We are men of the spirit. We walk by faith. Not by sight. We don't depend on natural things. It's a spiritual testament. Say I hear you. Say I'm born of the spirit. I walk in the spirit. Say I live by faith. I walk by faith. Now turn to your neighbor and say, this is a victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith shout glory. Celebrate your victory for a minute. Celebrate. Glory, 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 glory. Lift your right hands as I pray over you. In the name of Jesus. Throughout this season of lockdown, you are kept by the power of God. You are secured by Jesus Christ. Corona will not locate where you are. Where you are, Corona cannot come there. You are in Christ. You are kept by Christ. You are complete in Christ. You are protected by Christ. You are sealed by the Holy Ghost. You are preserved by the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, you shall trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. In the name of Jesus, look at me everybody in Acts chapter 28 Paul escaped shipwreck he escaped shipwreck then he came and gathered that firewood to warm himself because he's been in the river for days and when he gathered the firewood a venomous serpent came out and stung him and Paul shook up the beast into the fire and felt no harm hey, I know now even when the coronavirus touched him, he shook it off and he felt no harm I'm talking to somebody here, he felt no harm, then they waited for him to swell up and die when they waited for a long time and nothing happened they changed their mind and they said he's a god somebody shout no beast can touch me Say, I shake off the beasts. Say, nothing shall by any means hurt me. I thought I will hear your amen like thunder. Every day you wake up, you call the things that be not as though they were. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You shall have whatsoever you say. So every day you wake up, no beast can touch me. Corona cannot survive my environment. I am filled with fire. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I trample over serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the devil. And over all the calculations of men. And nothing shall by any means so, hurt me. Shout, I hear you. So I speak over you. Fear will not function in your environment. Fear will not function in your environment. You are kept by the power of God. Your environment is sanitated. Your body is secured. In the name of Jesus. You are far from oppression. You are far from oppression. You are far, far from oppression. When all this is over, you will still be standing. Great grace is upon you. You are strengthened with might by the spirit in the inner man. The enemy shall not exert upon you. You are established in righteousness. You are far from oppression. You are comforted by the Holy Ghost. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. Your going out is blessed. Your coming in is blessed. Your bread and water is blessed. Your food is blessed. Your clothes are blessed. Wherever you are is blessed. The air around you is blessed. The environment around your house is blessed. And as you study through this period of lockdown, revelation knowledge like never before, revelation knowledge like never before revelation knowledge like never before you will never lack any good thing you will never lack any good thing in Jesus precious name can I hear that amen on the note of finality bring out an offering let's give and rejoice everybody let's rejoice as we celebrate Father, as we give, we give with joy. Everyone giving online, on television, on Facebook, YouTube, everyone giving in this building, great grace is upon you. Every need is met according to His riches in glory. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that, Amen Let thunder. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we love you guys. What a time of two services. You don't want to miss what's going on in this church. Every one of you. Every day, even today. There's going to be another broadcast at 6 o'clock today. And 10 o'clock both on Facebook, YouTube and Kingdom Life Network. Tomorrow morning there's going to be another broadcast at 10 o'clock in the morning. 12 o'clock in the afternoon. 4 o'clock repeat broadcast, revision class. 6 o'clock another broadcast. 10 o'clock another broadcast. Buy exercise books and tell yourself I am in school. Each broadcast is a series of lectures to establish you in different subjects. Make notes. Study the notes. When the next broadcast is go- coming up, go for the second lecture. Go for the third lecture. Go for. The- Don't let this holiday waste. Don't waste this holiday. Please, I beg you. Invest it into spiritual development. Use it for Bible school. Let me tell you something. When this holiday is over and corona is gone, there will be a new world. It will will never be the same. We are going to confront a new world with new challenges, new opportunities. It's going to be a different new world. There are businesses that will die in this period. And there are new businesses that will rise. There are opportunities that will cease after now new opportunities so this is the time to prophetically pray, study, grow, equip yourself prepare yourself, speak in tongues seek for direction prepare yourself so the day corona is out and the world opens again you are stepping out fully equipped, somebody shout out, I hear you I decree over you, you will not be taken by surprise make up your mind to grow go on my facebook page load your phone with data if you don't have money for data, get the decoder for Kingdom Life Network. Install it in your house. It's about 14000 or so. You buy it once. No, no subscription. You hook it and watch for free. Two for seven for free. You can watch all our services for free. And there are movies and other things. So it's full entertainment for free. No data. No data. Only light. Only light. And government will give us light. Because if they don't give us light, the food they say we should buy and keep will spoil So they will give us light so we can freeze our food. So there will be light. Say, I hear you. So because there'll be light, you can be watching and watching and watching and be making notes. And if you can't do TV, buy data, invest. If you say education is expensive, let ignorance teach you. Everybody, everybody invest it, don't waste it. Don't waste it, oh stay on my page, stay on YouTube mobilize friends ladies and gentlemen create watch parties tag people bring people let's flood the blue marble planet nobody has excuse i'm going to work oh work is keeping me busy no no work everybody their house everybody's at home even in america no work even in south africa no work namibia no work ghana no work zambia no work Botswana, no work everybody their house Nigeria, they are locking everywhere. Lagos, don't close down. Uh, Abuja, don't close down. Port Harcourt, close down. Ibom is closing down today. No coming in, no going out. No aeroplane. No road plane. No water plane. Everybody is in his house. And I even hear from tomorrow, there's going to be tax falls to make sure you stay at home. So don't waste it. Don't use it to be sleeping and snoring. Take the time for Bible study. Take the time to eat. To eat. To eat. Remember, Joseph told them seven years of famine and seven years of plenty. In the years of plenty, store up. So in the years of famine, you had enough. This is the time to store up for the days ahead. See, I hear you. This is the time to store up for the days ahead. See, I hear you. And let me tell you the truth. We are gathering food as a church. There may be people that don't have food. We want to help them. We want to make sure no member of this church goes one day with hunger. Throughout the period. Even if it is going to take six months. We're going to make sure we all have food to eat and we'll be alive. The thing will finish, we will come out and we will take the world by storm. Somebody shout, I hear you. So everybody, let's think about supporting one another, all our campuses, all our branches, everybody, let's look out after each other and make sure what we learned in the teaching of today is carried out practically, loving each other. Caring for each other, so we can all be alive to preach this gospel to the ends of the earth. We love you guys. Thank you for being a part of our church family. I look forward to connecting with all of you at 6 p.m. today, GMT plus one, and 10 p.m. and then tomorrow the process again continues. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day and be blessed. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this great service this morning. Glory to God. Are you ready? Hit it, let's do it as we celebrate. Bring your offering.
1: Thank you.